teams led us into a place, I think, of expectation. I think after singing those songs, there's a, a, a feeling of something. God could do something for you and for me today. So let's hang on to that feeling as we go into our scripture. It's the right feeling for our passage. We're going to continue our study from the book of Acts right where we left off last week. Chapter 5, verse 12. It says, Meanwhile, the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. So this comes to us in Scripture after Jesus has been crucified. He has been raised from the dead, and now the church is beginning and the church chooses as their meeting place the very doorstep of the people who had put Jesus to death. This is a diagram of the temple. And you'll remember that uh, Jesus' last week of life, he went in and caused a little riot in the temple. And that's part of why they put him to death. Now the church comes back and meets in that long hallway on the right called Solomon's Porch here, or Solomon's Colonnade in our scripture. And it was quite a, uh, those pillars that lined that were 20, 30 feet high. You could get a lot of people in there. This is dangerous in your face behavior to have those temple authorities put Jesus to death and then come back, well, I know where we'll hold church, right there. Right where they can see us. But they got away with it because people are being healed. And the results speak for themselves. And they got away with it because thousands were joining them daily in that area of the temple uh, complex. And their safety in numbers. And I think they got away with it because they just didn't care. They just they had a courage after seeing the resurrected Christ. And when you know that death can't defeat you, what else do you have to fear? I know where we'll hold church, right outside the temple. Now, they didn't consider the people there to be their enemies. That was the people they were trying to reach. But those people considered them their enemies. A lot of times, the church ministers right on the doorstep of the people who would call us their enemies. We don't think we're their enemies, but they do. I... Uh, before becoming a minister, I was a science teacher, so I still like to watch a lot of videos on YouTube, you know, about amazing things in nature. And one of the things I've noticed as I uh, do that is that if somebody watches one of those videos on YouTube, and, and uh, YouTube's that's an old thing, at the Walmarts, uh, I, <laughs> if one of the if somebody watches a video on YouTube about something amazing in nature and then puts into the comments, "Praise God," or "Isn't God amazing?" Everyone will dogpile them and starts this big comment fight about, well, I was trying, you know, there's no such thing as God and you're delusional and you Bible beaters and I hate you and, you know, why was there hurricanes in if God's so amazing with these hummingbirds? And, you know, all this kind of just, rah, and just because they said praise God in a video. We minister right on the doorstep of a hostile culture. My daughter came home a couple years ago from school, and she told me the entire story of Hanukkah. She told it very well. They'd done a great job with it. Um, and, and then she said there's this other holiday earlier in the year called Ramadan. She told me all about how you get to Ramadan. And then she said they've put together this other holiday, Kwanzaa, from several tribal religions, and they've put that together. And, um, and then she was done. And I said, well, did they... They tell you about the story of Christmas? It's about that time of year. Huh. I was like, okay, wait a minute. They taught you the origin of every world religion's December or fall holiday except for Christmas? Yeah. Okay. 
because we minister right on the doorstep of a hostile culture. We preach freedom from debt in the church, in a culture where everything you look at, including this church, is owned by a bank. And we all have much more debt than savings. So people still came. But there were some people who didn't come in our passage. And the real trouble in the church isn't the danger from outside. It's the danger from inside. Now that will keep people away. Verse 13 in our passage says, No one else dared join them, though everyone had high regard for them. People were saying, oh, there's this new group. They meet on Solomon's porch. It's a real nice group. I'm not going. I'm not going in there. Because people in there were selling their possessions and giving them to the poor. I'm not going in there. People in there were preaching love for your enemies, even enemies of other races, other nations, even the Romans who are currently stationed guards all over our city. We love them too. That's what they're preaching inside Solomon's colonnade. So a lot of people are saying, I'm not going in there. There's a whole new way of life being taught inside that gathering. And if you tried to fake your way through it, you could end up like Ananias and Sapphira in our passage last week, who tried to fake their way through an offering and drop dead in front of the whole church. There is a healing going on in there, but the church is also plenty scary. God is healing, but God can also be scary. C.S. Lewis, a Christian writer, says a lot of people avoid coming to God for the same reason you avoid going to the dentist. C.S. Lewis, if you read his writings, really had it out for dentists, but he was British, and I don't think they go, never mind. <laughs> I, got, I got bad teeth, all right. So, no, but, so he really, he said, he said, you have a toothache, right, and you know the dentist can heal it. But you know the minute you get in that chair, he's going to open your mouth and go, oh, I see what you're talking about. Did you know you have a problem over here too, though? And have you been, uh, uh, you know, I could give you some stuff that would help. You know what? I could get, let me get my scraper and you just stay here. I could do a lot of fixing inside here. We know that's going to happen. So we don't go. We just put up with the pain as long as we can. C.S. Lewis said it's the same with God. We have a hurt here and we know God can heal it. But we know as soon as we approach God, he's going to say, oh, I see that. Do you know you also have a problem here? <laughs> and do you know that there's a problem back here? Have you ever turned around and really looked at that? You know what? I made you to be a certain type of person. You just stay here, and I can get to work, and we will make you into something. We know God's going to do that, so we just hang back and suffer our hurt as long as we can. The mom wanting to be free of her food addiction knows she's also going to have to cut up those credit cards, so she just stays away. The businessman who's you know, up to his eyeballs in debt knows God can rescue him and make a new way, but he also knows he's probably going to end up in counseling for that explosive, out-of-control anger. So he just stays away. The teenager who's not the person they want to be when they look in the mirror knows God can make them new. They also know that a lot of the partying and about half the friends are probably going to have to hit the curb at least for a while, so they just stay away. Because God's holiness is a dangerous holiness. But you don't get the healing without that holiness. God, the, the blessings of God only flow from the rule of God. But then our passage goes on to verse 14. The first verse said, lots of people came. The second verse said, 
Some people didn't come. And now we go back in with lots of people came. Verse 14, And more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women as a result of the apostles' work. Sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he went by. Crowds came in from villages around Jerusalem bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits and they were all healed. Now, what's happening? They're afraid to go to the church because it's weird, but they want, they're so desperate, so they crowd around as close as they can and they say, here, just uh, lay down here on the street, this head guy, Peter, when he walks by, maybe his shadow will just hit you as you go by and you'll be healed. That's what they're trying to do. And it works. That's the weirdest part. It works. Because no matter how put off you are by the church, how put off you are by the Bible, how afraid of God you are, you finally get to a place in your life where you know you want to be healed so bad that you'll just come as close as you can stand it and just hope for anything. That even a shadow of healing might pass over you. You're so desperate, you'll be willing to accept anything he offers. For me, I was tired of hating myself. I was tired of how few friends I had, which I would later learn was because I treated my friends so badly. I was tired of being sick in my heart from not having anything to anchor my life to that had purpose. Guys, there were times in those days I thought I was being tormented by demons. I did. And I prayed one night, Lord Jesus, I'd heard someone say that. Lord Jesus, if you will heal my heart, I will give you the rest of my life. And I, for the, at the core, I understood what I was doing. I understood that I was turning over the keys. I knew he was going to come in and poke around and find all sorts of other things. But I also knew if I didn't turn the keys over, I was soon going to wreck my life. And his healing shadow did pass over me. May 1994. Now, a shadow. I, I, I hate that it's a shadow in this passage because it's weird. And in Acts chapter 19 later, Paul puts some handkerchiefs down and anybody who passes them around and touches them gets healed. And I don't like that story either. I, I was a scientist before. I was a preacher. And shadows and handkerchiefs are just beyond reason. So I, I wish that it wasn't in the story. And I also, it's not repeatable. It's not repeat. There's no way I'm going to end this sermon saying, so, if you have a hurt today or sickness, don't you just line up as you go out? And Chris will walk along with a flashlight shined on me and as my shadow. There's no way I'm ending <laughs> this sermon that way. And yet that's what happened. They pushed up as close to the church as they could get. The guy's shadow hit them and they were healed. And it just says to us, you get as close as you can get. And God can do an unexpected thing that doesn't make sense. We had a guy up here a few months ago. Um, he had, was a struggling, had been a struggling heroin addict. And I read the testimony he was going to give. 
And I was really nervous about it because I knew he was going to say, God took away my desire for heroin. And we had asked him, could you clarify how that happened? And his answer was, no, God took away my desire for heroin. I was extremely nervous because, again, from my background, I know how addictive, I don't need my science background, I just have my own personal background. I have prayed for various addictions. Lord, could you just take this away? That would make it really easy if you just take away my desire for it, we could get on with life. It didn't do that. I know lots of you have prayed those kind of prayers. And yet here's someone who God did that for. And then there's this story in the book of Acts of this healing shadow. So he gave his testimony of what God has done, and we're preaching this story from the book of Acts today because you just get as close as you can, and God may do an unexpected thing. I, a year ago, shared with you that I had come to a, a breakfast with my small group, and my small group shared just a few words over breakfast that probably saved my marriage. And I was very nervous to come in here and tell you that because um, I know that some of you wish somebody had given you just a few words that could have saved your marriage. It didn't happen. Or, you know, and also I know not every small group has a few words that are worth anything to say. So it's not, it's not, it doesn't work like that. But yet that's what God did. So I had to come in. I had to tell you the story of what God did, and we're preaching this story from the book of Acts, and get as close as you can, and you don't know what he may do. We had a girl come up a few years ago on Father's Day, a teenager. She gave a testimony that because of the way her family worshiped together and involved in church, that her father was her spiritual mentor. I was very nervous to lay that out on the church because not every family that does the deal and comes to worship and does the youth group, develops that kind of relationship with fathers and daughters and mothers and sons and so forth. It just doesn't always turn out that way. And even that day, someone said, I want to pray and receive Christ. I want to become a follower of Jesus. And so we went back in the prayer circle and we were praying. And one of the things he said is, I would like the healing in my family that that girl was sharing. I, you know, we all would. And, and, I, and it may happen, but you know, it may not but you know what? We let her tell her story, and we prayed for this man to become a follower of Christ, and you just get as close as you can, and God can do unexpected things, but it's not a guarantee or a slot machine. Are we all on the same page? But if you're tired of the way things are, if you're tired of the way things are, why not move into any place where the healing shadow might pass over you. Why not? Are you tired? Are you tired of 900 Facebook friends but no one to invite over for dinner or to go see a movie with? Are you tired of get up, go to work, take the kids to practice, go to bed. Get up, go to work, take the kids to practice, go to bed. Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. Are you ready for anything that might put you in a, in a, into a real world with a real God who's doing a real thing in your life? Are you tired yet enough to move in to God's healing shadow? Tired enough to take on the holy life that healing's going to bring? Because you can't have one without the other. Are you ready to follow Jesus? 
song that we sang earlier said, I've looked all around, and you are the best I've found. Some of you probably need some time to still look around. Now, I'm telling you from experience, he is going to be the best you found, but do what you need to do if you're not tired yet. Do you know someone else who may be tired, who may be ready? Did you notice in verse 16, crowds came in from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. There they were in the first century, on their first century soccer fields. City, the, the ball had, you know, whatever it was made of, wasn't pigskin, they were Jews. And so they're, <laughs> that's football anyway, but... Okay, so there they were on their first century soccer fields, and they're sitting in the bleachers, and the person's talking, and they sense the confusion and say, you know what, why don't you come with me to the temple on Sunday? I think there's something there for you. There they were with their first century cell phones talking to their sister-in-law, and out in the driveway talking to their brother-in-law, and lives are in shambles, and the question is asked, how do you hold it together? And they said, I don't. God holds it together. Why don't you come with me to Solomon's colonnade? There's this gathering, and there's this, this way of healing that might pass you by. Just come with me. I'll pick you up if you want. We'll go together. Coworkers in the break room, neighbors talking over the fence about raising kids. Someone says, where do you get all your wisdom? And they say, it's not from me. It's from the scriptures. Why don't you come to this place where the scriptures are taught? Come with me to this church. Because they're all tired, they all went. Why not move into a place where something real may happen, even if it's as strange as a healing shadow? If you're ready to move into the healing shadow where it may pass by and take on everything that it brings with it, you, you had a handout. As you came in, it had this insert, so take that out. Now, the whole passage that we're talking about is about God's healing comes in unexpected ways. I'm confident that people said, now, what are we doing here? Well, we're going to wait for this guy's shadow to hit us. I don't think that's going to work. But then it did. See, it's unexpected ways that God can work. And, and I'm telling you that a lot of the unexpected ways for us has been through Community. Peter's shadow makes no sense, and what I'm about to say to you makes no sense probably, but I am, I'm, I'm trying to share with you. If you just have a few friends, just a couple of friends in a church community, very often the healing of God will come to you in unexpected ways through those people. Their shadow on you can have an unexpected effect, and you're thinking right now, well, with what's going on in my life, I don't think a few friends in the community is going to do it, and I'm telling you it's unexpected you want to move into the shadow? The easiest step is just to keep coming consistently. Just show up here Sunday consistently. I know, I know it interferes with football, and it interferes with mowing, and it interferes with laundry, and it interferes with errands and soccer games, but I am telling you, the healing shadow passes over a lot of people here every week in unexpected ways, and why shouldn't one of them be you? Why shouldn't it be you? Do you want to go a level deeper? Charlie was up here talking about Lakeland Essentials. A class? Yes, a class. 
It'll cost you a couple of hours for four or five weeks, a couple hours a week for four or five weeks. But in that class, you'll get a road map of this community. You will get, um, yeah, a treasure map of the places where the shadow of God may pass over you. You will learn about the values and the, the vision and the people here. So it says right there how to sign up. It says you send an email. You could take out your phone. You could do it right now. I don't mind. It could give you an excuse to play that game you're itching to play. Your virtual pet's been bothering you all during this service. So now I'm signing up for that class. Sign up for the class. Yes, unexpected ways. You want to go a level deeper? Your spiritual gifts. There's a spiritual gifts class. Again, that's going to cost you a couple hours a week for about five weeks. But you're going, that class is going to open up your heart, and you're going to see inside not new things, things that have always been there. And you're not going to learn anything new in that class. You're going to see what God has already put inside you. Gifts, talents, passions, purpose. There's a huge healing that comes from knowing who God made you to be. You want to go a level deeper? Serving. You always gain more from a church or a community or anything if you participate in it rather than just watch it go by. Now, I don't have to say too much about this anymore to you guys because this time last year, less than half of the people who attended here were serving in any way. Do you know what it is today? Just found out last week. 77%. It is amazing. Yeah, praise God. Over three-quarters of everyone who comes here now also sometime during the month serves everyone and, and makes things happen. So not only is that level of involvement going to do amazing things in your life, but we're going to be able to do some amazing things as a congregation going into the holidays and all through next year with that much energy and buy-in. So if you're walking around here and you see somebody new doing something, you're right, they're new. So, so welcome them and thank them and, and get to know them because uh, a lot of people have grabbed an oar and are now rowing this ship wherever God is directing us. So there you go. You want to go a level deeper? Men's ministry, women's ministry. Oh, yeah, I know. I, you know, when I wrote this sermon, I did not know it was going to be Women's Retreat Weekend. So what a timely message. Women's ministry will cost you. It will cost you some time because they have those uh, monthly events where they get together. And, and your husband's going to act like a child because you want to go out and do something for yourself. So let me help you with that. Men, do not get your grilled cheese on, all right? <laughs> Family video, free kid videos. They've seen that one. I know they watch them over and over. Okay, figure it out. Because things go better for you when your wife is into the healing shadow of God and in community. Okay, you're not getting me. My wife was at a women's ministry event playing cards while I was doing the real work at home, all right? Just playing, got it? When in that discussion with the women's ministry group, the discussion arose how much better Christian marriages go if husbands are engaged sexually about every three days. Do I have your attention now? Let your wife go to the women's ministry event. In unexpected ways, the healing shadow passes over your house, all right? Men's, you have the same opportunity. You have men's breakfast, first and third Saturday morning. Saturday mornings is my only day to sleep in, blah, blah, blah. Wives, you know, I thought that was the day he was going to get up with the kids, and now he wants to be at this. Women, the healing shadow of God passes over you in unexpected ways when your husband 
is in spiritual community and under the training of Christ. Because at the men's breakfast, I tell the men, why don't you serve your wife and not act like a child instead of pawing at her all the time and maybe it'll go more the way you were hoping. So it works both ways. Men, you will gain training in Christian living. Not trying and failing, trying and failing. Training and support each week. Do you want to go a level deeper? Uh, oh, and it tells you on this sheet how to do the next step for women's ministry and men's ministry, so do that. Uh, morning prayers. Wednesday morning prayers. Right back here at the circle. 6.30. 6.30. Yeah, and don't say that will cost you an hour of sleep. No, it will cost you watching TV late at night the night before. That's where the actual cost will occur, so let's be honest. But it's a time to hear from God. The way the morning prayers are done, it's not talk, talk, talk. It's listen, listen, listen. And when you hear from God, what, what more healing shadow is there than that? To hear from God. You just come Wednesdays at 6.30 right back there to that corner. You want to go a level deeper? Mercy Street. Your hurts, your habits, your hang-ups, you bring them on a Saturday night at 5.30 and you just walk in and upstairs... You are welcomed. Small groups, another level about equal with Mercy Street, a little harder. Quite a bit of investment, a lot of time. A lot of small groups meet weekly. So that's a commitment. And you got to be vulnerable and you got to listen to other people's problems, not just you talk all the time. So, so there's a lot of trade. But all these stories that I tell you about the miracle healings and the way it changes people's lives, it, that, all those stories mostly happen to people who are in small groups. So there's a, a long explanation here of how to, to begin to connect with a small group. But I want to tell you, it's, it's the middle of October, and a lot of them are full. So don't get crabby about that. that is the, that's the deepest level of community, and you can't just waltz into that on a Sunday in October. So look and see if there's some open that fit your schedule. But if there's not, I'm, I'm telling you there'll be some new ones open in January. Until then, do the men's ministry. Do the, do the women's ministry. Until then. That's the deepest level, so it's going to take a little more orchestration for everyone to find a home. And there's going to be one today, starting right now. We're going to extend our worship service today into this afternoon of waiting in the shadow. You get it now, right? The healing shadow of God. And we're going to put ourselves in a place where this worship service will just keep going after it usually would have ended. And we'll have worship we'll have prayer, and we'll have quiet, and we'll rotate through that. Now, there'll be soup and bread, so if you need to get a little something in your stomach so you can settle till you can get home, you can do that. If you just want to stay for 30 minutes, you can do that. If you, just, if you want to stay for the whole two-hour time we're doing it, you can do that. If you want to bring your kids in and have them experience however much of it they can do, you can do that. If you need to leave right away, you can do that. But it's afternoon to put ourselves in a place where the healing shadow of God might pass over us. So we're going to have communion if the servers want to come forward and get ready. And this is, communion's a lot of things, but it's uh, Christ's invitation to us. Yeah, if the servers want to get the elements ready. Because on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body. It's broken for you. This is my demonstration that I want you to come to me so much I was even willing to be broken for it. 
And then he took a cup. He said, this cup, it's my blood. And it's poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. So whatever it is you think you're hanging back for, I'm showing you I forgive that. Now come. And so here you come forward and you tear off a piece of bread and you dip it in the cup. And then you take it into yourself and you're receiving the forgiveness of God and his invitation to draw close. So there's going to be a song for us to think and listen and pray. And at any point during the song, or after, or, or whatever, it, it, that you want to come forward, come forward and tear off a piece of bread and dip it in the chalice. And then after that, it's very free form. You can leave in silence. You can go get your kids and come back. You can just return to your seat and wait for what happens next. So no wrong answers. So let me uh, pray for us, and then we'll begin our af afternoon together, or, you know, the peace of the Lord be with you if you need to go. Let us pray.